That's uh, Machine Gun Kelly being featured on Alone, Sleeping with Sirens. That you know, that's that's how I feel about some of these backstabbing, too good, two faced people in this country, in the world. And you know, I'm I, I, I'm refraining from saying liberals because, frankly, folks, I you know, both parties. The GOP, the DNC, they're both super corrupt. But it just happens that people that side with these socialist-leaning democratic policies are probably some of the most despicable, multi-character people that I've known. They're the first to stab you in the back. Now, again, that's a massive generalization, but in my recent experience, and I'm not going to direct attention towards any one website or ex- or, or, or particular situation. Uh, some folks that know me directly and personally, and not many people do, uh, know exactly what I'm talking about, but um, it's, 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 it's treacherous. It's very treacherous. The water's that people are choosing to swim in. I just, just kind of leave it at that. So, and usually I open up, I open up with, uh, I've been doing it for years, right? I've been opening up with Metallica seek and destroy. This is what we do. We seek out to destroy corruption, but this is what's happening. And my name, this is he, Ian Trottier. I am him. I don't do the, he, his, hers crap. Uh, that's the given name that that I was given by my family. My mother chose the name. Uh, Ian Hamilton is my first and middle last name is a ancestral name that's been handed down from France via Quebec. That's uh, French Canada, 1646. So it happens that I'm 18th generation North American. That's Trottier. Uh, for you NHL fans, it's a it's a, it's a name that many of you are familiar with. Brian Trottier, someone that I am certainly related to, um, but he's of a different child of Jules Trottier. And Jules Trottier was the man that uh, that arrived from La Rochelle aboard Le Cardinal to Quebec City to help build the city in 1646. Uh, my understanding is that Brian is from a different one of his sons. I am from another son. That's Trottier. And as my name grows, as the work that I do, whether it's with Social Media Freedom Foundation, whether it's with this other organization that I've been working with recently out of uh, Tennessee, uh, the work that I do echoes and it grabs attention and it's grabbing attention of people that support it. I just got a text from someone I occasionally hear from in a neighboring regional state to where I'm at right now. And they caught wind of the fact that I wrote a book and they've now purchased that book. Uh, As my, as the work that I'm doing 
broadens the spectrum broadens and people know what I'm doing. I, the attacks come, the support comes and the attacks come. And I'm here to draw the line right now and say, as I, as I have, as I have many times, folks, this is not about, this is not about the Republican party. This is not about the Democrat party. This is about being an American. And if you check my Instagram, because of last month being Black History Month, and now this month is Women's History Month. I mean, this is ridiculous. These months dedicated to these, you know, where's where's White Male Month, right? Yeah. You know, oh, oh, oh. We you get the finger pointed at you because because it just so happens the white man is right. The, the white man controls this and controls that. Well, eh, I work, I struggle, and I work very hard in life. Okay, so I don't have any. The only thing that commemorates me is my birthday that some people observe. Not many people even observe it, and I try not to observe it myself. But I am grateful for that day, of course. But what I'm getting to here is Morgan Freeman, interviewed by Mike Wallace. I think it was 2005. I posted the video on my Instagram, Ian Trottier, at Ian Trottier on Instagram. And here's Morgan Freeman, a very black man, clearly, I suspect, of ancestry, slave ancestry. I don't know that. I can tell you this much. Barack Obama certainly does not represent that demographic of American history. Period. He does not. Period. I don't even think he's a black man. That's my purley. His mother's white. He's raised by white grandparents. And I've met other black people that agree with me. So that's my opinion. Uh, And uh, here Morgan Freeman says he thinks it's ridiculous to celebrate a black history month. Thinks it's ridiculous. So, and he says, you know, let's get rid of, hey, you're the white guy. I'm the black guy. You're the Asian guy. You know, that, isn't that interesting how Asians don't have a color assigned to them for identity? You know, you're not the yellow person or the, you know, there's Chinese people that are more pale than I am. Many, most, most Chinese people have whiter skin than I do. Uh, yeah, you don't say, you don't call them white, right? Even though their skin is whiter than mine. Yeah, I'm the white guy. Uh, which I don't have a problem with. It's not It's not something I don't have a problem with that. I don't find that derogatory in any way. And I think a lot of black people don't find the use of the word black derogatory. Everybody's different, regardless of your ethnical makeup or not. But it just so happens that my point here is that we allow mainstream media to divide us because it causes and creates attention for them, which generates revenue. War, if you will, I'm not talking about the physical conventional use of the term, but war, like Breitbart said, war generates profit. It creates money. And if you apply the Hegelian dialectic to war and you control, you create a conflict from within and you stand aside as the banker and you finance both wars, you profit regardless of who wins. And such was the case with the Continental Army under George Washington, whereas the city of London, which is sovereign to England, financed both King George and General George. And that is a fact. That is a fact. That's a fact. And where do you learn that in American history school? Where do you learn that in high school? You don't. You have to dig for that stuff. But you find it out and you cross-reference it and you see, oh, yeah, wow. Uh, the flag that John Paul Jones flew on the, Del- on the Alfred in the Delaware, oh, that had... The Union Jack in it. The Union Jack doesn't represent the monarchy. The Union Jack doesn't re- represent the British people, a la David Icke. 
Tony Gosling. Uh, the Union Jack represents the bank that finances the monarchy. You got major problems here in the United States. Major problems. If you think you're woke because you, you know, you support these radical organizations that provoke violence in your communities. Disgusting. Disgusting. Take down the police departments, all this crap. This is insanity. Mandate masks, mandate vaccines, mandate a rape. That's basically a rape. You mandate a vaccine, you mandate, you put something inside someone's body that's no different than a that's no different than a rape. In my opinion, in my view. So anyway, so we've got a very energetic guest coming on the show today, and it just so happens that he is English. So James, we'll be bringing James on in a moment. Let's uh, let me give you a quick background as to who James was. And no, I do not have permission by Sleeping of Sirens to use that clip or from Machine Gun Kelly. So if either of them have a problem with it, let me know. I won't use it again. And or I'll take the episode down or I'll take it out. I don't edit anything. I never edit edit things. And, you know, after using Metallica song for four years, a song that I grew up listening to, I've never had anybody complain about that, nor Metallica. But yes, we are politically divided and we are political, po- politically polarized. And folks, again, my point is you need to unite. We need to you, you unite under the Constitution and forget your divides over the political divisions. Forget that. Okay, yeah, you're liberal. Yeah, I'm pretty liberal myself. Okay, I was married to a Mexican woman. I'm a pretty liberal person. But certain things I draw the line on. You don't mandate a, you, you don't mandate vaccines. You don't enforce and encroach and push your your sexual preferences if they're homo, if they're of the if they're homosexual. They don't push that on children. You know, there's certain things I just draw the line on, and I speak my mind about it. I've been doing it now for six years. Um, uh, let's see here. All right, so let's uh, let me let me read this about our first guest. Uh, James Tires, and we're going to call him in right after I get through this, but I want you to have a preface. I want you to have some type of a preview as to who I'm going to be speaking with, my who, who this guest is going to be joining me. Uh, I have, we have a mutual friend, uh, a mutual friend that has been asking me to uh, host uh, James for months, and, uh, and and so today is the day, folks. Uh, again, go to iantrache.com, support my work. If you find it lucrative and, 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 and prudent, iantrotier.com. That's I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R.com. Buy my book. Most importantly, the best thing you can do outside of listening to uh, the work that I've been doing via podcast and uh, Winwood Radio the past years is buy my book, No More Lies. You can find that on my website. You can Google my name, find it, No More Lies, Trottier. Books a Million is selling it. Uh, Trying Day is publishing it. Buy that book. And uh, and I guarantee you, as uh, Wu-Tang Clan said, that's that'd be all the education you need. Okay, that's a little pun. I'm a big fan of Wu-Tang Clan. Okay, I'm a former professional football player, says James. Played soccer, soccer football. He calls soccer football. He calls uh, soccer football. He calls it football. 14 years, professional coach. I grew up in England on a housing estate, uh, much like any any American would refer to as a project. Um, and I moved to Detroit in 1996. Okay. Uh, so what did James encounter during the lockdowns is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, here is a former professional English football player relocating to the United States. Uh, and in Detroit, I understand, uh, he was, uh, well, I think he was arrested for, um, for being opposed to, to mandates. Um, and we're going to get his, uh, we're going to get his side of the story here right now. Uh, so let's, uh, let's welcome 
James Tire to the program. And again, I am your host. This is Discussion to Truth. I'm Ian Trottier. Uh, and um, outside of uh, the book, uh, oh, let me let me let me just quickly direct you to this. I spent uh, spent a few days writing an article, uh, and this is one of the reasons I was speaking about Morgan Freeman. Uh, the reparations in San Francisco uh, air is Aaron McDonald McDowell. Um, his name is eluding me. Yes, uh, McDonald. Er- Eric McDonald is seeking. Uh, he and his group of San Franciscans, Americans, uh, African American. Reparations Advisory Committee. They're seeking $5 million in damages, uh, d- decades of damages to be awarded to these uh, to these San Franciscans that are of this heritage. I mean, $5 million uh, for you having an opportunity that even a person like me as a white man doesn't have an opportunity. I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the same opportunities. You know, I mean, look, the, the United States, the United States as a country has created more opportunity for all human beings of all socioeconomic, social, ra- r- 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 racial, if that's a proper use of the, the combined word um, compound, uh, it has provided more opportunities because of its, because of its mass uh, profit and exuberance um, than any other nation that has ever existed that man that's in recorded history, right? So, for anyone to complain about the struggles or enslavement of their ancestors uh, over 150, 150 years ago is absolutely asinine and absurd to me. It's absolutely asinine and absurd to me. And in fact, a man with the athletic ability, such as uh, Kyrie Irving, who's now, and I want to talk about him and uh, hopefully talk about him in a, in a later uh, episode here. Trying to get that going on, um, a man is such such athletic, uh, such athletic ability has created an unsuppressed amount of multimillionaires, of people that have risen from poverty, poverty, black men, black women that have risen from pro- uh, poverty to entertain. Based off of, I mean, it's not only isolated athletics, right? Entertainment. I've I've personally met Will Smith. Beautiful, wonderful human being, uh, and in fact, I think he probably would have invited me to lunch at the time uh, when I was meeting him. But I was in a rush, and he took he just took a lot of time with me. Will Smith, incredible person. I had the fortune of meeting him once, you know. So, and I'm no different, okay. But to rise to that type of a status in your field of talent or skill, regardless of your, uh, your ethnicity has never been possible anywhere else at the level that it's been possible in the United States. So to me, to me, it's completely absurd and asinine for someone to ask for reparations for, because, because that person has no idea what it's like to be whipped with a ball and chain, right? Uh, to, 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 to be a slave in, 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 in that sense of, what it was like for these these people that suffered on these plantations? It is my impression, and maybe I'm wrong, that these people simply don't have any understanding. I mean, that type of slavery is slavery is not legal. So how could it they? How could they understand what it was like, right? Uh, so so you know you don't you don't it's just yeah you know, it's 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 just to me 
It's just my opinion. And if you disagree, you disagree. If you agree, you agree. But it's my opinion. Uh, that, that 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 these reparations, this reparation movement is 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 absurd. It's 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 asinine. Um, uh, you know, again, I I work incredibly hard uh, to to do what I do. This is voluntary. This work that I've been doing six years this is, for six years now, from starting on Winwood Radio, writing the book. This is all voluntary. Of course, if you purchase the book, I do make I, I make a little bit of money off of that. Okay, of course I do. It's not published yet, so I haven't seen a dime from it yet. Um, the podcast. Uh, I do make, I generate, you know, maybe, maybe five bucks a month off of that. Right. But by and large, I've got, I've got, I've got a nine to five. Okay. I mean, I work very, very hard to support this work. And, um, you know, I mean, it's basically, basically I'm an impoverished individual doing this work for the good of freedom and liberty for the country. And that's because I see that it needs to be done. And that is the switch that went off in me in 2016 in Miami when I was exposed to the Zika virus and the pesticide. And it's never ceased. I've never let off the gas. I don't do this for the money, folks. I, I don't do this for the money. Okay. Um, yeah. If I was gifted like uh, like a Steph Curry, maybe I'd be playing basketball. I'm not gifted in that sense. Okay. But anyway, getting back to the reparations. But by and large, my whole point, before we bring James on, my whole point here, is and he's got to he's got to he's got to himself go to work. Um, so we've got to I've got to hurry up. But the point is, get past your political divides, folks. Get past the political divides. Stop trying to backstab your neighbor who's done nothing wrong to you. That simply speaks out for their beliefs. Support the fact that they have the courage to speak out for their beliefs, even if you oppose what they're speaking about. Support their liberty to speak out. Okay, and that's the beauty of. Uh, Democracy, right? As long as it's played fairly, which it's not being played fairly in the United States, and it hasn't been played fairly in decades. Uh, so anyway, so James, bringing James, James Tower on the on the program. Welcome, James. This is discuss the truth and treachery. Thanks for uh, listening. Hey, Ian. Yes, James. Uh, welcome to discuss the truth, sir. It's nice to have you. Long at last. <laughs> appreciate you. Thank you for the call, and uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Well, James, uh, I think we appreciate each other. Uh, I, I got your bio. Take a moment for uh, listeners, James, if you will. Take a moment and explain who you are. I've mentioned that you are a former professional football player. That is soccer, uh, and uh, you also coach it. But but take a moment and, and, and uh, give an introduction, if you would, for yourself. Sure. Um, thank you. And uh, yeah, de- name is James Matthew. Um, that's my Christian name. So I go by that. And then my family name is uh, Tyres. Uh, originally grew up in England. Uh, fortunate enough to come to America in 96. Uh, as you said, I was a professional soccer player, footballer. Uh, that career was 14 years. Um, and then during that entire time, uh, I coached as well. Uh, did that till... July 2020, so that was a 30-year career, and uh, it was a great experience. I've loved uh, my transition to America um, during the last couple of years. By my own paperwork, um, I became a national of Michigan, so I'm a Michiganian. Uh, and uh, a certain incident that we've uh, discussed briefly beforehand uh, a couple of years ago took me on a pathway that I didn't believe that uh, I would ever go on and uh, that's where I end up 
today. So um, hopefully that's a little short introduction and doesn't uh, take up too much time. <laughs> no, that's that's great. And this is this is time for you. So look, I mean, you you brought up two interesting things. Uh, you've identified your Christian name, uh, which uh, which is of interest, and then also you've identified that you are a, a, a citizen of, of of the state of Michigan. Uh, which is distinctive uh, 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 due to that paperwork that you uh, that you've submitted. But let me ask you a question. You're you're, you're British. Uh, you born and raised. It sounds like in, in England. Uh, do you find Americans to be dumb? Let me just say, I just just answer. Are, are they stupid? Are Americans stupid? Are you, are, 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 based on based on the two preludes that that you've identified as yourself, are, are Americans stupid? Are they are they are they ignorant to w- w- really what's happening in the world? In your opinion? Uh, so. Just to go back to, to the, the comment on citizen, I'm not a citizen. Uh, I'm a national of Michigan, and there's a big difference, and that's something I've learned on the way. Uh, citizen is related to the corporate structure of government, whichever way you look at it. So I basically, when anyone asks me where I'm from, I'll say I'm a man. I grew up in England, and I'm a native national of Michigan, a Michiganer. And that's kind of even more than should be said. So I don't use the word citizen. Uh, and that's to do with, I've done a lot of research and a lot of investigation, both myself and with some other people, into language, uh, specifically legalese in comparison to English, and then Latin and dog Latin or sign language. So uh, that came up citizen quite quickly so that's why i make that distinction as far as the question regarding americans no i think that people in general have the capability for the most part to advance themselves think critically make decisions for themselves and seek out information and i would suggest that in most places around the world if people are given the opportunity or take the opportunity if it's not given themselves to find things out they they can they're all intelligent and come to the right conclusions one of the biggest problems i see is division uh which is created as we both know by the powers that be or the entities that believe they're the powers that be and uh crossover of information that maybe isn't quite right, but 90% of the facts are correct. And people coming together to share that information, which I think is what's taking place now. I think people have been so deceived for such a long time. And in covering that topic, you can go back thousands of years, you can go back hundreds of years, just the structure of how the people are administered globally, which is under what's called the Sester K Bay Trust Act. That goes back to 1666 in the city of London. So there's so much tied to that history over several hundred years. I think it's unfair to say that any particular group of people are stupid, not intelligent, don't use their brains, because I just think that there's so much deliberate and intentional, I can only call it abuse, because that's what it is really, that the people who are tasked with making the life and prosperity of the general public better, actually are at war with them and are harming them. And uh, I think that's where, you know, it's not a disagreement. I just don't, I don't think it's this country or a particular other country. 
having people have been indoctrinated for so many hundreds of years through very specific targeted ways and means that have evolved over time. And it's now starting to come back to haunt the people that have done it. Well, that's 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 a uh, uh, that that and it's nice to hear, James. And 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 you you think that Americans are starting to wake up now? In perspective, you're you come from a country uh, that's uh, that's a thousand. Let's just say generalized. It's a thousand years old. Uh, it's it's older than that. But let's just let's just say it, yeah, 1066, right? 1066, William of Normandy. Uh, whereas the United States Declaration of Independence, yeah, 250 years old. Uh, I think the Americans, not not that they don't have a fighting spirit, because certainly they do. Uh, but you think Americans are gradually waking up to this monarchy, this tyranny that exists, that 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 strangles them? You you think that's happening? I do, and I think it's happening in conjunction with lots of other people all over the world. There are certain things historically, and this is probably subject for another, you know call or conversation at a different time because you can go so deep on so many different subjects this is the i think one of the crucial things that's taking place at the moment society in general across the western world and other parts of the world are all tied together through the system that is operated um, and that's it that's operated through the bar association and we can get into that a little bit if you, if you want um, but i think People are waking up all over the place. And America, just personally from living here, it, I think it's going through the same situations as the other nations. People are waking up. They're given the information. At first, it's, uh, nah, that's not true. No, that can't be correct. No, I'm not having it. it people just want a reason not to believe it. And I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people suffer from Stockholm Syndrome, especially in regards to the last couple of years. However, I do see it changing. Now there's more and more people that are just seeing the blatant criminal behavior firsthand. They might not call it that, but I see it for what it is. And so I think that is waking people up. And I think people are going back. And in my experiences, I'm seeing people that may not have believed conspiracy theories a few years ago, that are now communicating with people that showed them information, gave them information, guided them in a certain direction, and coming back and realizing that it's a conspiracy fact. It's a conspiracy, <laughs> so I yeah. Do, yeah, I do, I do see things changing. I do see people changing. I think on a level in America, as far as change, maybe we're seeing things, or not everybody's seeing things, but things are changing on a local level. And maybe that's not coming out in the bigger picture. Um, so as an example, what I mean by that, so I have two local police officers here where I live in downtown Detroit. And uh, I won't mention their names because it's not fair to put them out there. But they're really great guys. They're just regular guys. And <coughs> excuse me, we, we had an incident in one of our parks where somebody was not being pleasant to the locals. They, they weren't a, a part of the, the neighborhood. And so the police were there and this individual gave some abuse to the police. And I went over and said, well, they work for us and we'll support them in this neighborhood whenever they run into any issues. They know we've got their backs. And so I've had conversations with these two police officers. They're quite wide awake to the things that are going on and they realize that their hands are tied. But now in the community, they drive around 
and they stop and ask me, and they stop and ask the other neighbors, hey, is everything okay? Is the neighborhood good? If there's anything we can do, you just let us know. We'll be right over. And so even with law enforcement, on a local level, when I guess people that have certain knowledge like myself or yourself or others that I speak to and communicate with on a regular basis, start communicating with law enforcement and public officials. I have some stories I could share another time from meetings with public officials in the city of Detroit, and they want to do a great job. So I think on a local level, things are starting to change. And going back to America and sort of differences within America and the rest of the world, to my experience, elections don't have the same meaning. So to speak. I don't want to discredit anything, but they don't appear to have the same you know, razzmatazz, all of the show that's behind elections in this country. And I think the last couple of years have really woken people up and people are starting to get involved on a local level. So I, I, maybe it's not being seen. And I hope that answers your question, but I do believe on a local level, there's lots of people doing a lot of things and have done a lot of things that are starting to influence change that's maybe not coming out. And that's putting America a little bit ahead, I would believe, because that same sort of behavior doesn't really take place um, in other parts of the world that I've been to, in my experience. That's very well said, uh, James. That's very that's very well said, and 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 I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you you're able to provide a a a a a a a, a microcosmic approach to what you're living in Detroit, and expand from there, and and hopefully that certainly does, and is echoing in other communities, um, in in the United States. Let's get into, uh, let's get into, you were talking about two years ago. I suspect you're speaking of something that happened to you as an individual, as a person, as somebody who's grateful for the uh, the the freedoms, right? That 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 living in the borders within the borders of this United States uh, brings. Uh, you're grateful for that, I suspect. Uh, but let's get into this experience that you lived. Uh, was it during the lockdowns that you experienced what you what went on with you? Yeah, I had some. Uh... Some, some incidents, or some life-changing situations from about mid to late 2019 through to the present that involved um, the most, I would say, important, most uh, impacting things occurred right after the, the lockdown started and during it. Um, as far as America moving here, I've been here, I'm 50, and I've been here 26, 27 years now. And it's been a privilege, and I absolutely love this country. I love Michigan, but I love lots of the other places that I've been fortunate to go to in our, you know, nation of 50 countries or 50 nations. And I would protect it, and I would do anything for it. And I would do the same for, for England if I was still there. Um, it's about the people and what it brings, and I've learned over that period of time really what it does mean uh, as far as it is the land of the free and the people are the sovereign entity of this nation and group of nations. And that's something else probably getting to further down the line or another time. There, there is no laws, rules, regulations, mandates, acts. There's nothing that people can put on a piece of paper to rule over other people that are 
of this nation. It doesn't exist. And as all the courts are um, statutory creations, they have to operate through statutes, and they don't have one to rule the subjects, or sorry, rule the people of this country and nation as subject objects, which is a slave. They don't have anything in the law to allow them to do that, and that's how the, the country is being administered. Now, moving forward to my incident, um, basically, I believe that I, I lost the business. I almost lost uh, my mother in 2019. And then fast forwarding into 2020, we had to start the lockdown. And in July of 2020, um, I was diagnosed with a, a rare life-threatening illness. So what happened previously for the, the three and a half years previous, I'd, been, I'd had some dental surgery, I'd had a root canal. And the crown that they put in, there was something wrong with it. And they kept sending me for different su surgeries, exploratory surgeries, and they kept saying there was nothing wrong with the tooth they put the crown on. So to cut a long story short, I went to see another specialist um, three years later, and he looked at the photographs and the reports that the previous specialist had looked at and came to the opposite conclusion, which was the correct one, that I had an infected tooth in my mouth for three years. They fixed what they thought was the issue. They took it out, they put an implant in. But six months later, or sorry, nine months later from having that in 2019, I got forward to July 2020, I went to the local doctor that I see, who's a holistic doctor. I don't do any medications, I don't do any hospitals unless I'm dying or my legs chopped off or broken bones. I'm all about natural remedies and cures. And so I saw my doctor and he did some tests on me because i've been having some issues with my arm and i had a really adverse reaction to one of the tests and basically it turned out that it was a very minor stroke or a uh, tia and uh, the reason was that the infected tooth the infection had gone into my jawbone and created what's called a highly toxic deep bone infection and i crossed over into my bloodstream and my central nervous system went all through my body and caused me to have what's called blood, blood cell spasms, which is what a, a stroke is. So I started, <coughs> excuse me, I started to have treatment for that. I started having ozone treatment and I was on a bunch of supplements and I've worked with this doctor for now, nearly three years now, coming up in July. So I actually saw him today and he gave me a good bill of health. So that's great. Um, and I've basically worked on having ozone treatment or using some form of oxygen treatment and then other supplements and uh, different natural um, healing um, ingredients, I guess. And, and I feel great and I'm doing really good with that. So once that happened, uh, I started on the path of getting healthy and then I got to December 2020 and two days before Christmas, the 23rd of December, I went in for a treatment. I came back from a treatment. I went to my local supermarket on the way home. I did my Christmas groceries. And in the store, I got abused by some employees and by some patrons to the point that they were charging up to me and screaming at me and abusing me about not wearing a mask. Uh, just so people are aware, I'd gone to the manager of that particular store. And this is a very big well-known supermarket chain in the Midwest. So it wasn't a small place. It's one of their biggest stores. And I'd gone to the manager five months earlier and informed her of my diagnosis. I had a medical exemption from 
the doctor and they were totally okay with it. So I did my groceries. As I said, I got abused by some storm uh, employees and some patients. Finished my groceries, went to the front of the store. This is inside the store, by the main entrance, by all the registers. And I talked to a couple of the employees and explained to them that I'm a big boy, I can look after myself, but there's young mothers with children, there's elderly people in there, we can't have people abusing other people. And obviously December 2020 is not that long after some of the mandates and orders, etc., etc., kept coming out. So they were very understanding, and the police, the Detroit police, patrolled that particular store. So they asked them to come over, take a report, and help me to file the report. Well, that's what should have happened. <laughs> what happened was I continued to have a conversation with the two employees, waiting for the police to turn up. And while in conversation with the two employees, two people walked up on the side of me and one of them screamed at me, put a mask on, do it now. And I looked and I didn't at the time, I didn't realise they were police officers. I thought it was some of the uh, shopper just wanted to be mouthy towards me. So I just turned and said, I have a medical exemption. These guys know. Then it was shouted at me, get your hands out of your pockets, get them out now. And I looked again and realised they were police officers. So I looked, I had one hand on my shopping trolley, had one hand in my pocket, I took it out, put them both there, and said, I don't, didn't know there was a law against doing groceries with your hands in your pockets, whatever. Then it was screamed at me again, get a mask on, get it on now, it's the law, do it, do it now. And I looked at the guy, and just like this, said, I've informed you, I have a medical exemption, these guys know, the store knows, the manager knows, you've been informed, it's not a law, it's a mandate, and it was repealed in April 2020 by the Supreme Court of Michigan. I don't know what all the anger and aggression is about. I'll file my complaint somewhere else. I took one step. One of the police officers put their hand on my arm, grabbed me, put both my hands in the air and stated, I do not contract with you. I don't consent. I don't understand you. What crime's been committed? Please take your hands off me now. That was repeated approximately three times. Police officer refused to take the hand off me, so I pulled my arm away. And at that point, they both jumped on me, assaulted me. More police officers came in, and I was proceeded subsequently beaten. I had my head smashed in the concrete a couple of times. Had the knee put in the back of my neck twice, stopped me breathing properly a couple of times. And then I was shot with a taser three times. I was taken to a hospital because I informed that I had a life-threatening illness. The doctor wanted to debate with me the legitimacy of COVID, and when I asked him some questions, he couldn't, so he wasn't particularly pleasant. The nurse was very nice. I then got discharged from there. They took me to a detention centre where I was held in isolation for three days without proper food. And you, in, in the jails, there's no, there's no water. It, well, the water is in the fixed-in sinks and toilets, but the ones in my cell were completely covered in dried feces and all sorts of stuff. So for a blood illness, I wasn't about to go and drink the Detroit jail bacterial water. Um, 
after three days there, the to be fair to the nurse and <coughs> excuse me, a couple of the sheriffs, the nurse didn't want to deal. Um, or sorry, this is she didn't want to do anything for my illness because hers and a couple of the sheriff's expectation was that I'd be, re be released within 48 to 72 hours. She knew how serious my illness could be. So that was she aired on the side of caution. Uh, so I thought I'd be released a few hours before the 72 hours was up. Uh, I was put in front of a judge. Oh, I'm sorry, the day before I saw a... Uh, um, uh, detective and I told him that there was no report to make that this is uh, false arrest and all the rest of it told him they had no ID on me either so they didn't have uh, any identification to try and misidentify me which is what they do through the legal system as I've come to find out so the judge I got placed they put a mask on me several times which by their even their own legal standards is rape I was placed in front of a TV screen in a dark cell. A woman in a black robe pretending to be a judge came on. She didn't look at me. She didn't speak to me. She just kept turning from side to side. Made the words, or paraphrasing, well, it looks like him, it sounds like him, so it's going to be him. And uh, basically put a $10,000 bond on me. I was then hauled off to county jail where I was put in uh, isolation for another three days without food and water and medical attention and during that three days uh, because I think there was about 12 of us we were all on one level right up on the high levels of the county jail in downtown Detroit and there was only us 12 on that level uh, and it was just 12 cells in a row there was nothing else there except for the pod that the sheriff hangs out in but on the fifth day I'd been in I'd been trying to get bonded out. I'd been making phone calls whenever I could. I got to find out, looking at my wristband and some of the other information, that they actually had me in the jail as an 18-year-old black person. That's how they were identifying me. So the sheriff actually changed the information in their system. I was there for another three days, so I was there six days in total. After the third day, they took me out of isolation and put me in general population which wasn't particularly pleasant. <laughs> um, again, no proper food or water. I have to be fair that there were certain sheriffs in both facilities that made sure that either I got water or access to water at certain times or that I got juice or milk. So they, I didn't get a lot, but they made sure at certain points that I did have some. So I have to be fair to, to their... In a really bad situation, there were some people that did, they, they, they showed some empathy and compassion and knew what had taken place. So I have to be fair to them in that regard. So I got released on New Year's Eve and I was in a really bad state. Um, they kept all of my belongings until the following Monday because apparently New Year's Eve is actually a holiday and they had no employees. So my belongings included my phone and other belongings were kept, and on the went on the Wednesday, um, I had a there was an arraignment, so I'd had to contact an attorney between the Monday and the Tuesday, just to so that I could rent one. And my comments to him were, "I do not answer to a slave name, and you better make sure that you tell them that." 
or we're going to have some really big problems because I knew enough about the, the, the criminality of the system to know that and that would allow me to take things into my own hands if I needed to. So that's what happened and basically that led us up to the arraignment and I, it was on Zoom. Again, something else that's totally unlawful. There's no statute for them to operate via telephonic communications via Zoom into other states. So it, it, that whole thing is a, a sham. And they put a date for August the 5th, 2021. So that's that's what happened. Um, and then the story goes on from there into the, the, the case and the rest of it. But I thought I'd stop there. <laughs> Well, James, what was the uh, a couple questions? You can answer them in that order if you want. But a, do you consider yourself a political? Do you consider yourself having been a political prisoner? And then b, what was the official charge against you? So I wouldn't say that I was a political prisoner. I would say that I was held as. Once they realised what had happened and what they'd done, I don't know for sure, but I would anticipate somebody called somebody who called somebody and it was going up the chain and that's why I was kept so long. That's why they've, I mean, they've committed fraud and so many felonies on every level since the day that I was assaulted. And it, because of what I've done and other people have helped me do, it's only got worse for them to the point that they're in a real bad situation now or will be, are and will be even worse moving forward. As far as the charges, they tried to charge me with a felony of assaulting and beating police officers and then resisting. Well, first it was disturbing the peace, then it was resisting arrest, then it was... Um, I've changed it a couple of times, all related to disturbing the peace, resisting arrest. So one felony, one misdemeanor. And was any of that so? So, so you're being arrested for not wearing the mask. It sounds like I got assaulted. I got assaulted and beaten and shot with a taser for not wearing a mask by police that were supposed to be there to help me file a complaint for being abused for not wearing a mask by patrons and staff of the store. But because of what happened, because this was all inside the store. There were probably at least 200 people who witnessed it. Wow. And there were probably, there's got to be at least 20, 30 cameras all in the vicinity or with the ability to see what took place. So the police, in, in the eight months before the first hearing, police were subpoenaed for all of the videos and all of the webcams. And the confirmation was given by the store that it had all been passed over to the police and the police actually confirmed in their police report that they'd sent it. But after multiple requests, because it wasn't sent the first time, and obviously, as I said, that it was subpoenaed, multiple times they, they, to this day, have still never provided the video or the webcams. They've never provided a witness or a victim because there weren't any. And what I can say is, if anybody watches the video, it's self-explanatory. I'm proficient in martial arts and boxing. And I could have maimed those two police officers within two seconds, both of them. I chose 
to cross my arms and cross my legs in one of the most defensive positions and take the beating. So anyone who ever watches that video, if it's ever found, or the videos if they're ever found, will clearly see that the only violence that took place was from Detroit police officers. And there, you know, this, this, I, I would suggest that if I was ever, and this, and this is not being disrespectful, this just shows the problems that are in society. If I was of a different ethnicity, that video would have been on mainstream media within hours. Yeah, obviously, probably like many listeners, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is the George George Floyd incident. When you said that you had been, your neck had been stepped on, sounds like you were having problems breathing, the clear abuse. Yep. What was the name of the store? And uh, and you're saying no video has been surfaced of this? So the, the store... Um, I think that that's something that I should tell you in private, and I'm happy to do that in private. I don't think that's something I should put on the air because we don't, I don't want there to be any ramifications. And there's things in the works at present that are going to take place over the next couple of weeks and the next month or so that are important to not only the outcome of the case for myself, but for millions of other people across the country. I'm happy to tell you the, the, the name of the, the store in private. Um, but what I can say about that store, I, I have it in writing. Obviously, the attorney that I rented, I don't, he's not part of it anymore. However, he has the documents um, that were sent by the police that claimed that they'd forwarded all of the video and webcam. And the store in question, they gave confirmation that all video had been passed over to the Detroit police. So that video has never, ever been provided, none of it. And that's been asked for in the court by myself. I've had personal conversations with the prosecutor. I've had personal conversations with the judge in the court. And this is the problem. They've been caught red-handed committing mass fraud, mass felonies, and subsequently gone on a pathway of trying to cover up each time they've committed more crimes and there is no escape for them. There is, it's just, there's no escape. So I hope that helps answer it. Um, yeah. You know, my, my other thought is body cam where the, where the, where the officers wearing body cam, can a freedom of a FOIA request release maybe the footage on the body cam to a, 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 a documentarist documentarian or a filmmaker or a journalist. I, I don't know. Um, what was the mix up James with the, uh, with the, with the, with the wrong identification? Did you not provide a, uh, a driver's license or some type of a, a state, uh, submitted, uh, issued, uh, ver uh, identification? Well, how, what was the mix up with the, uh, with, with, with the, with the, with you being identified incorrectly? Well, the, 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 there wasn't a mix up. I didn't have any, uh, identification on me, a driving license actually is uh, that's a, a questionable document because the name printed on a driving license and the signature written by a man or woman are not the same thing the straw man the straw man yeah. and that's that's what they're identifying they need to identify each individual as a straw man as a debtor to 
the government administration and that's how they rule over everybody as a subject object because people don't realize that the all capitalized name is a dead entity that they created at birth using the birth certificate yeah. but there's so much more into that mm-hmm. but i already knew that stuff so i was no i don't i don't answer to a slave name i'm not a slave i'm now by legal and lawful paperwork a michiganian and that means that i'm a creditor to the United States of America. I'm a creditor to the administration of the government of the United States of America, just like you are and just like everybody else is. But they can't have people identify as the true creditors because then they can't do engage in all the criminal behavior that's taking place in the background. And so I didn't, I didn't have an identification with me. And just to be clear, the conversation we had at the, or the, the, the what I presented as as, had, as happened in the store, I was it was literal. I was talking to the two employees, and what turned out to be the two police officers turned up on the side of me. There was no introduction. There was no we're police officers so and so and so and so. We're turning our webcams on. We're here to help with a situation. There was none of that. It was literally verbatim how I described it. Get your mask on, take your hands out of your pockets, get your mask on, get it on now, it's the law, and my responses to those statements. Then I received the beating and all the rest of it. So I could pose that question to anybody. Would you speak to people that have just behaved like that? I certainly don't. So when they took me off, I spoke to uh, the people where I was taken to the detention centre, and refused to give them my details they called me they, they put me down as john doe and that was all they were getting so you a white man were beaten by detroit police officers for not wearing a mask yes do you do you think well what was the ethnicity of the police officers do you think you may have been profiled i can't speak for their you know, mental capacity. You know, I don't. I don't view people by ethnicity and colour. I, I view them by their actions. Detroit is a, a working class, blue collar city. You know, I've lived here a long time. The, the 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 larger percentage of the population is of the black community. And I have many, many friends of that community, as I do. We have an area called Dearborn in Metro Detroit, which is one of the largest, I think it's the largest Arabic population outside the Middle East. And I have lots of friends in that community. And there's lots of other cultural communities. Now, the two police officers that started the incident were both of of, uh, black um, ethnicity. But all in all, there were probably 10 or 12 police officers involved because more came in. And obviously some of those weren't really aware of what had really happened. And they were of all different ethnicities. In the detention center and in the jail, again, predominantly a lot of the officers were of the black community, but there were several that within the bounds of their work and their authority and not doing anything they shouldn't, they were very helpful to me. So I just look at it as two people in the police 
I don't really care what ethnicity they were because it's not important. What's important is their belief that, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, their belief and other people's belief that in this state, a woman, you know, three women that are running the state, a governor and attorney general and a secretary of state, have the right or the authority to rule over people as slaves. They do not. And it doesn't exist anywhere in the country. It doesn't exist anywhere in the legislation. There's no statute for it. They're all operating criminally. And that's just a matter of fact. So are you saying these three females that you speak of, are you saying that they they were all pushing a mask, mandatory mask wearing ordinance and mandate? And yeah, is, the, the governor, the attorney general, and the secretary of state who are responsible for the operations of the state of Michigan or the administrative state, because it's a corporation or running as a corporation, they're responsible for all the orders that were given. The, the mandates were still being enforced on all of the commercial businesses, even though the Supreme Court repealed it in April 2020. Now, the Supreme Court finally ruled in September of 2020. And they ruled seven to zero that the governor, the attorney general and the secretary of state, their actions were unlawful and unconstitutional. That's a matter of fact. My incident didn't happen until December 2020. So police, law enforcement and other parts of the government infrastructure of both this state and of the states across the country, and certainly this one, were operating against the law. So Jocelyn Benson is the Secretary of State, Gretchen Whitmer is the the governor, and therefore... Go ahead. And Dana Nessel is the Attorney General. And are they are they all you know my my question to you earlier you know, it, it was was do you think this may have been politically driven do these three people you speak of are, are do they happen to be uh, liberal Democrats just a question they're, de- they're Democrats mm-hmm. so uh, James what I know about those three they're very well funded by a believe and people can tell me if I'm wrong it's just what I've come to understand. There is a lot of funding from the Sir George Soros, and obviously you've said that they're Democrats, and they certainly Gretchen Whitmer has a lot of ties to the world economic. You know what they are, right? I'm not going to use the language because the F word I turn into something else. But you know who the WEF is, and they have ties to them. And we know what agenda they have. It's all the Agenda 2030. It is this totalitarian government. That's what it's all about. It's the world agenda, new world order, one government. The, and that's what they're engaged in. Because if they weren't engaged in it, they wouldn't be meeting with people from the World Economic Forum. James, the management at the at the store that you were shopping at that wasn't seemingly wasn't present or wasn't aware of the attack on you, have you since gone back to them? And do you have do you have something official that you've presented now to your legal case that shows that this store management was notified of your condition and they approved of you entering the premise without the mask? Do you? He subpoenaed all of the video from the the store and the police as well as the webcam. As we've discussed, that never turned up. Now, leading up to 
the August date, I spent that eight months researching and studying because I had a feeling that the attorney would protect the bar and the court because the majority of them do. And that's not to say that there's bad attorneys out there, but they all work for the Bar Association first and their clients second. And just so people are fully aware, the Bar Association stands for British Accreditation Registry, is owned by the Vatican and the City of London, and is a private members association practicing private law with a private foreign language in the United States of America, for which they have no lawful right to do. So I researched a huge amount of stuff and I'd already told the attorney that I rented. I don't answer to a slave name. This will need to be dismissed before we even get to the hearing. And then I should have a multi-million dollar lawsuit to be settled from it. That didn't happen. I went to the court on the August date. I sent the attorney in and through my research, I'd informed him of the position of the judge and of the prosecutor because it's all related to trust just so people are clear they can do their own research there is no justice system all law is contract law it's contracts and presentments and they use the legal system to rule over people by it through a lot of fraud so they're operating and they're overseeing the trust and the trust is what's created from your birth certificate with the all caps name at birth. And that has funds in it. And anybody can go check certain documents that they might own. They can put certain numbers in a certain way. It's Treasury Direct. And you can see all the bonds going back all your life. So it's the bond system that keeps the, the system operating, the judicial system operating. And they need it because they need to operate everybody as a slave and administer everybody as a slave. So I told the attorney I will not answer to that name. The judge is the trustee of the trust and so is the prosecutor and I'm the beneficiary and you need to tell them that and you need to notify the judge that by Canon Law 2057, when an administrator is informed of the situation I just described, they are to discharge the case, that's it. Or they are failing in their fiduciary responsibility and committing a felony. So he went in, he came out, and I'd spent eight months going back and forth to the court, asking for the assistance of the captain and the lieutenant of the court to deal with the situation so it didn't have to come to what it's come to. They were very helpful. I pulled the lieutenant out outside the court building on the day of because I don't go into the court because they still had the mask mandates that were still unlawful. They're still, they're still forcing people to do something that by law is unlawful. You're so saying today, right now? They were. They, yeah, to this day, the, the federal the federal buildings still force people to wear a mask. And I've, I've gone down there. I've got video. I video everything with my colleague who's a video editor. And we've gone down to the court so many times in different court buildings in the last two years, just as a side note. We've filmed it all the time. And we've informed them they're committing criminal acts. And they don't care. Because... Unfortunately, people have to understand, everybody that works for the government, they're systemites. And they don't care whether the system is legitimate or illegitimate. They're just going to do it anyway. They're just going to follow what the system tells them to follow, whether it's lawful or not. So anyway, the, the attorney came out and he told us, I'd witnessed their video in it, there was myself and there was a lieutenant, told me that it was dismissed. 
is it? And this is getting into how bad the, the court system is and how it's just it's it's dysfunctional. He called me over and said that we had to we had to go on his phone to zoom into the court, and so he put his phone on a parking meter outside the court, and I still told him again. I do not answer to the slave name, so I hope you've done what you were told to do. And so he said, we've just got to go through the process. This woman in the black robe came on, she dismissed the felony, and then pretended that she didn't know the rules of the misdemeanor and wasn't quite sure how to deal with the misdemeanor, and she needed to send the misdemeanor to the misdemeanor court. And right there and then, I knew that he hadn't done what he was supposed to and that's how I set him up because he was going to go one way or the other and that told me that he protected the court and that told me how bad a position they were in. From that point, um, I thanked him for getting the felony dismissed. He told me that it was paperwork on the misdemeanor and they dismiss it. A week later, he called me saying that they were going to charge. They were going to press ahead with charges, which they have to do because of how criminal everything they've done is. It's, you know, let's commit more crimes, basically, to cover up all the other crimes so we can try and get away with it. That's how they operate. So that's what they did. He said if I wanted him to defend me, he was going to charge me the same amount that he'd already charged me. I said that was unacceptable because they're the same case. They're not separate cases. You've just not done what you were told, and they've somehow managed to create a second case out of not a second case. And so we got into an argument. I called him a, see you, a thieving see you next Tuesday, and he put the phone down. Surprise. <laughs> so I spent the next two weeks studying and studying and studying for this case. And just I just want to put this out there. There's an organization that I, I'm in communication to this day because there's a lot of solutions going to be coming down the pipeline. But there is a company, an organization out of the UK called Matrix Freedom. And they started bringing stuff to the forefront a few years ago, two or three years ago. And I contacted them and they, they gave me access to their educational tools. They gave me some information to utilize, and they gave me a, a bunch of other resources. I went to the courts for the second date, which was at the end of August. I prepared affidavits of truth. So I prepared an affidavit of truth that basically put the judge in her position, the prosecutor in a position, and me, and it was on paper. It was notarized. I went down to the court. I told the lieutenant that I needed him to go and serve the judge and the prosecutor. He didn't want to do that, and he asked me if I would kindly go on the Zoom and sort it out directly with the judge. So I did, and basically the judge wanted me to identify as the slave, and I refused and told her that I wouldn't. I, I asked, this is my name, this is who I am, and I explained the situation with the affidavits and basically told her she was going to be served if she didn't discharge it with the affidavit of truth. And it was under Canon Law 2057. By the third time I told her she was being served, she clicked the zoom, excuse me, clicked the zoom off. And that's what's called abandoning ship. So she abandoned ship and the maxims of law. He who leaves the battlefield first loses by default. So she lost right there and then. Uh, they set a date for October. I went to that date. I had more studies behind me. The judge and the prosecutor refused to come on the court. 
I then called the prosecutor five times. The fifth time she called me back. And when I spoke to her and explained who I was and what needed to take place, she put the phone down on me. They set another court date for January the 14th, 2022, I think it was. Could I get my years correct? Yeah. So um, between October 21 and January 22, I pieced together an affidavit of a claim of harm and trespass. And it was about 110, 120 pages long. And I served them with all the different charges. I laid out all the facts, all of the statements, all of the charges. I put in all of the evidence. And it was all correctly written, all correctly served through certified mail. And I served them with a 100 million American dollar, silver dollar lawsuit. Every one of them that was involved. I went on to the hearing. So I served them the week before and the judge came on and I'm happy to provide you with any of this stuff in the future. And so I've got video from all my court hearings. I've got witnesses. I've got all the documentation. So I'd served the affidavit, went on to the court hearing and the judge wanted me to answer to the name. And I said, that's not my name. This is my name. And she still wanted me to answer to it. I said, look, that's not my name. This is my name. She said, well, I don't know who you are. We've never spoken. Because I'd said to her, we've spoken before. She said, we've never spoken before. So I said, on August the 19th, 2021, when we did this, 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 and I served you with an affidavit of truth and you abandoned ship, that didn't happen then, did it? And her words to me were, I don't care if I get fired for this, to which I responded, you're going to be. That then proceeded into a lecture on decorum and manners in the courtroom by her, of which... You've got to earn that respect to get any decorum or manners in there because you're all committing crimes. She's engaged in barratry, so among many other things. So she gave the lecture. I then proceeded to ask her a question about what was on the docket and in reference to the language, because a lot of my studies, as I said earlier, had gone into the language. And I asked her if she could read the docket and tell me the name, the age, birthday and the race of the man that they were trying to prosecute and just to give people context they're listening the docket of the district court is all in capitalized language it has boxes it has different things placed in different areas of the documents and there there's it's not english and there's a way to read it and you when you but you, you can't read it. You have to visually see it because it's sign language. So everything in all capital letters is sign language. And you don't read it, you see it. And from seeing it, you have to translate it. So as an example, if my name is written in all capitals, James Matthew Tyres, just all capitals, that actually is translated into English from seeing it to being able to read it, the translation is James, full stop end, Matthew, full stop end, Tyres, full stop end. None of the three names have anything to do with each other grammatically. And that's the language they write. It's the language of the illiterate or sign language. So if you, if you read it, you're technically illiterate. So I asked her to read it. And she told me that she didn't care what it said on the docket. She didn't care what the name was. She didn't care how it was written. And I responded with, well, I care because it says uh, 34-year-old black man 
born in 90 or black person actually because that's different to a man 34 year old black person born in 1987 and so i pointed to my face because obviously if you've seen my picture i'm a bald-headed white man with a gray beard 50 years old so she muted me from that point and uh i wasn't allowed to speak and she asked the prosecutor what they wanted to do and they said well we can proceed we don't need any witnesses we don't need any victims we can do basically whatever we like i'm paraphrasing and she sent it back to criminal the file which is interesting to me because the criminal felony was dismissed so i don't know what they're going to do with the wrong name for the wrong individual so from, excuse me from that point i decided to audit them all and I wanted their bonds and their oaths of office. And so from there, I investigated them, I FOIA requested it, and my goal was to obviously um, contact the bonding company and let them know what was taking place because if they're engaged in criminal behavior, the insurance company is not gonna cover their bonds. So I come to find out that their oaths of office are written in the foreign language and this is across the country at all levels doesn't matter if it's federal state city county whatever none of their oaths of office are valid to the united states of america or the people of the united states of america they're all written in the foreign language to the corporate entities that's who their oath of office is to and just to touch on it a bit more when the lawyer or the attorneys take their oath to the bar British Accreditation Registry, they're swearing to the Vatican and the City of London, and they're doing that before they go into public office and then swear that they're going to take an oath to the United States of America and the people of it, which they clearly can't by default because they've already sworn to a foreign enemy. So I figured that out. I figured they didn't have any fidelity bonds. And when I told some people who were working with a particular group across uh, the rest of the country i got contacted by megs who you, you know and i got recruited to that national group and i spent six months working with them and working on solutions for different people in different situations because i i knew that that would help myself with my own case six months after i started working with a particular gentleman that wasn't in the main group but had been in communications with us and a january 6th victim and so in helping with that case and i, I recorded it all i have all the paper records uh, a gentleman who's a january 6th victim put a motion to dismiss his case in june of last year and in that case and it is in the district of columbia it proves with public record national archives congressional archives archival records of the bureau of prisons testimony from the head of the bureau of prisons and many more records that there is no statute there is no authority or jurisdiction over any of these january 6 victims or anyone else because they don't have a statute to operate from that says that they can unlawfully convert any american into a subject object by the use of the all capitalized language there's even confirmed in different manuals so the chicago manual of styles confirms it the u.s government styles manual confirms confirms it so does the oxford english styles manual confirms it there is no statute for them to do what they're doing through the bar association and the legal system 
What was also proved by the public record fact is that US Code Title 18 was never correctly ratified and is therefore not lawful either. And as public officials can't go against public record, well then, why are they? They must be breaking the law, which they are. So I got, I did, I helped with that. That gentleman, because he did that, was then unlawfully had his bond revoked. The judge committed treason. We attached the treason complaint, which went to Vice Admiral Crandall of the Navy Jags in August of last year. So he has it. So does the Navy Jags. It went to some other authorities, including the Department of Justice. It went to NCIS as well. And so it is clear. Public record shows they have no authority or jurisdiction over any of these people. The public record clearly shows it. So once that took place, bond was revoked for this particular gentleman we were helping. He was abducted and held for four months. And he actually got released close to Thanksgiving just past. I've spoken to him a few times since. He actually had a stats hearing today, so I'm waiting to hear on that. And uh, once I'd proved all that with the other colleagues, that record ties directly to myself. That case we attached, Rule 19 was executed and attached to that case. Rule 19 is joined us. So that means if any individual in the country is affected by any court case, specifically this one, if it affects them personally, they can join them in the case too. Well, the fact that the authorities are unlawfully converting all Americans and using titles that are not lawfully ratified, that would affect every man, woman and child in this country. So that was executed. And then Rule 65.1 was executed too, which is attached to the entire bond system and the operation of the judicial system itself. That all ties into my case and I'm, I can utilise and will be utilising that in my case. Once that stopped, I started uh, investigating some more things and preparing myself to basically record the paperwork that I need to record in the way that I need to record it, force them to dismiss my case and open up lawsuits criminally and civilly of all the people that were involved all the way to the top. And fortunately for me, a couple of months ago, because I guess of my hard work, dedication, and then uh, connections like Megs and other people, I got connected to a couple of groups um, that are working on things across the country who have listened to my situation, gone through the records, and they know how to help me and assist me refine everything to do it in the best way possible to get the best outcome. So that's basically where I've got to. I used affidavits to challenge the jurisdiction. I used them to um, hold everybody accountable and put everything on record and sort of develop things through helping other people and other groups to get to the point that I have the knowledge and foundation to take it to that next stage and hold people accountable. And that's where it is. James, it sounds like you uh, are ahead of the game and ahead of the system that's attacked you. Uh, and uh, I commend you for, um, for the, your courage and willing willingness to join the program and speak out against, uh, against what you unfortunately uh, lived through. Um, but, uh, but certainly those listening uh, can use your knowledge and you as an example to continue to do what's right 
to make sure that America stays a free country. As we wind down here, James, uh, give listeners some final some final thoughts. Um, what 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 most would you like to leave uh, with them? Okay, I think for my situation, as bad and traumatic an adversarial as it was and has been, I also look at it and have looked at it as an opportunity to not only change things for myself, but change things for a lot of other people, whether it's by communication, whether it's by showing them resources, or by the outcome of what's going to take place with my case. It, it took me a lot of time and a lot of research, but because of people that I was able to research and knowledge that was given from, from them, and then lots of people that I'm aware of, you know, including yourself, they're doing lots of things across the country and other like-minded people across the world. There are more and more resources becoming available to the masses, and if they go and look and they go seek it out, they'll find a lot of, lot of stuff available that was never available before. And I think I don't, as, as dark as some of the things are that are going on in the world and as, as horrible and, and criminal as the behavior of certain entities is, it's bringing more and more people. So every time they commit an egregious act, 10 times the amount of people wake up to it. And so it's only enhancing and enabling more and more people. And like I said earlier, I do see on a local level, lots of things are changing. And if people go seek the knowledge, they can act on a local level. They, they don't have to have the knowledge to the depths that maybe I had to learn or other people have learned. But to know who you are as an individual. So you're not a slave. You're not an all caps legal entity. You're a man or a woman or a young, you know, a young child, even that word, I don't really like child, but we're all people, we're all individuals. And so if we wake up to the fact that there's been a very small group of people in whatever part of society that believe that they're elites and believe that they should rule over people, if we just learn some of the basics, the foundational knowledge, we can explain to these people, you, you, you're not. You're not that, and you don't have the right to do it. And when it's done on a local level, and you can present it in a certain way, just some small facts to people, um, some of the local public officials, they take it on board and they understand because they have to live in the same life as well. And that's where I think the, the detachment and the failure will come for those that want to do evil things. They're such a small group of people, and they they have a detachment from the mass population. The mass population, they just want to live a, a, a life where they can enjoy their family, not have stresses and all the, the um, traumas and adversity that many people suffer today. People just want to have a community and a neighborhood and, you know, the basics, and that's what they want, and, uh, and that's no different for public officials. So... I think if people just learn the basics and, and, you know, become more engaged in the community, healthy food, healthy water, clean water, healthy um, alternative ways of healing and start to take control themselves through their, their you know, local neighborhood and their local community, people will get results and are getting results quickly. 
And I would, I would suggest, as I said earlier, there is a, a, a platform called Matrix Freedom. And there are many, many other platforms out there with lots of great information. But that particular platform does it in a way where it's really, really easy to understand the mechanics of what's being done to the people. Whether you choose to use all the solutions they offer or any at all, they offer a free basic foundational educational knowledge that I don't believe is really anywhere else. So I think, again, there's there's lots of resources becoming more available because lots of people have woken up and stood up and more people in more communities are starting to become aware of it. And it's, I just think, an exponential snow, snowball effect that will drive it forward. James, thanks for joining uh, the program. Discussion of truth. We look forward to. Um, I look forward to keeping keeping uh, track of of the development and the progress that you're making, uh, either by our your, yourself or by our uh, mutual contact. Uh, keep up the good work, and uh, look forward to having you back on in the future. Yeah, appreciate you. Thanks so much for for giving me the time and allowing me to sort of present the uh, information to everybody and I'm sure there's lots and lots of other people that have had really adverse traumatic times through the past few years and maybe beyond and again that's something that i've learned with lots of people everyone's adversity is adversity it might be trivial to somebody else but to the person on the receiving end it's world ending to them so i believe that lots more people and lots more local neighbors and communities are starting to become aware of that and so we're seeing people helping each other rather than you know conflicting with each other i appreciate all your time appreciate the opportunity i'll keep you updated if there's anything that i can provide whether it's my paperwork or resources or you know people have a situation and they, they want to get in touch with me perhaps i can help out that way so yeah anything i can do to help i'm happy to do and again i appreciate the time that you made available thank you so much Ladies and gentlemen, James Tires. Um, okay, look, the it's just when I hear when I hear people having suffered this way, um, it just appalls me. Let, let, we we have a short memory, folks. Let's not forget: two years ago, the country was in lockdown. Groups such as Clay Clark's reawaken tour with Flynn, Patrick Byrne, Patrick being a liberal, uh, and then saying, "Oh, wait a second, hold on, I got to. This isn't, you know, this isn't the direction the party want. Uh, I want the party going." Uh, Patrick's a former guest of mine. Um, you know, grassroots movements such as such, such as that, the courage of individual people looking past political party lines and saying, "Wait, no, 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 mask mandates." That's not right. I can't breathe. Right. Uh, so Miriam Henning, good friend of mine, please. The real timeline, George Floyd. She spent two years looking into that. Uh, you can watch her documentary on the PSYOP that is and was the George Floyd incident. Um, gone wrong. A PSYOP gone wrong, really, is what that was. Um, but here you have here you have a white man. That's gotten zero attention. Of course, he's still he's still alive. Uh, he's still alive. But that incident, very similar to what Floyd experienced, 
um, on on a you know Floyd was of course um, uh, under a, a list of drugs. Um, he had a I mean the, 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 he was using a counterfeit bill in a store. This the circumstances were slightly different. Of course, it's a it's a similar it's an overreach of police jurisdiction and therefore becoming brutality. Um, no human being should be treated this way. Um, the Miranda rights, right? I mean, I, I believe Miranda was a Mexican descent. Um, you know, you're, you're basically he's, he has a right to remain silence, right? Uh, silence. So, anyway. What James gets into is the Roman legal system that, of course, still operates through the city of London on the British and was incorporated, and I'm using that term purposely, with the development of the United States. It's the same system that roots to canon law in the Vatican. And that's exactly why in chapter three, you're going to enjoy in my book, No More Lies, exactly what I get into. In regards to the entire slave trade system, these are all based off of papal bulls. That's Rome. Rome. These are these are these are. This is legal legislation by the Pope that says he spoke to God, and that that is how that is how the transatlantic slave trade began and operated for a few hundred years by papal bulls. Um, this is Roman law. This is monopoly, which completely contradicts. The element, the fundamental element of the United States and its constitution of religious freedom. You are free to believe in whatever God you want to believe in and define that God per your existence. Um, the beauty of the liberty of the United States. So I'm going to take a moment here. I'm going to have some final, not that those weren't, but James threw a lot of information grateful very much for James Tyre and the connection that put us together. Um, and it just, again, it, it comes back to my opening comments. It, it, it just appalls me what people are doing today in this country to defame, to backstab, to belittle, to demean, all in the name of being politically opposed to someone's belief system or values. Uh, perhaps you've experienced it yourself within your family, within your place of work, at your school. Uh, it's a little bit out of control. It's completely unnecessary. But at the same time, folks, it's by design. Make no mistake about that. That is how these banks, which control the media, make their money by creating order out of chaos. Um, again, simply, if you would, I'm not telling you to not incorporate conservative policies. I'm not telling you to not incorporate liberal policies. But this is where I draw the line. If that policy infringes on your constitutional right, 
which in many regards resembles an inalienable right, you're making a mistake. And I will be opposed to your opinion or your work or your policy view. All three being brought together, defined under the same meaning in that sense. I openly defend the Constitution that we have all inherited. There are many elements of society that are working to abolish history, to abolish, excuse me, the Constitution. These are unproductive, counterproductive, and they simply tie back in to that globalist Roman Vatican empirical structure. And the more you look into what James has spoken about, what I'm urging you to research, you will find that as James said, this is not conspiracy theory. This is conspiracy fact. And therefore, echoing what I said, and that is there is conspiracy to topple, overthrow, and bring America to its knees. And as long as Americans remain oblivious and naive, and I use some harsh language like stupid to characterize these people, as long as Americans can Continue to sleep in that regard and be, again, ignorant to the system and where it came from. Then you're you're openly giving this tyrannical system out of the Vatican your freedom, which is what they want, because they want to control you. Look at what look at what the English have been fighting. They continue to fight under King Charles, a man that I've met. I've met Camilla. I'm not saying they're not good people. But they are subservient to the Bank of England, or excuse me, the City of London. The City of London controls that monarchy because it's a structure that has been built of the same structure of the Pope in Rome. It's the same structure. It's the same structure. It's a theological structure. It's based off of astrotheology. And I'm not taking away from any of your religious beliefs. Treading myself so that I do not take away from that. You have your belief. I have my belief. But let's look at the facts. Let's look at what we do know. And America is not independent the way that it thinks it's independent. Geographically, yes, it's on a different continent. It's not part of Europe. It's on the North American continent. Sure. So in that regard, it is independent. But it is not financially independent, folks. As James said, and used the term many times, slave. We are all slaves. Now, he's not part of that system. That's his choice. That's your choice, should you choose that avenue. But we are all slaves. As long as you use currency as we know it, the dollar, to exchange good for good, you're slaves to that debt-based system that is controlled in the U.S. by the Federal Reserve. It is part of the central banking system out of Switzerland. It is ultimately controlled 
by Rome. Do your research. Prove me wrong. I can guarantee that you cannot prove me wrong. It, it's not wrong. That's that's the fact. And, you know, you want to point balloon at China? I'm not saying that the Chinese aren't a threat. You want to point the finger at the Chinese? What was the greatest objective of World War II? Well, putting Mao Zedong, uh, 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 keeping him in power, but most importantly, getting him to adopt, and his regime to adopt, this communist system, otherwise known as a central bank. That's what communism is. That's what socialism is. That's what communism is. Communism is economics, folks. Communism is not economic. Communism is economics. The economics control the politics. Do not be mistaken. Economics control the politics, i.e. the city of London controls the monarchy, i.e. the Federal Reserve controls, and that is of New York, controls Washington, D.C. The politics are controlled controlled by the economics. Communism is economics, folks. Robin Hood. In 1945, after World War II, is when China implemented a central banking system that makes it subservient to the Swiss bank out of Basel. I understand and known as the Bank of International Settlements, which feed, which fed by the World Economic Forum. Russians the same way. Soviet Union, what became known as the Soviet Union, Bolshevik Revolution. That was all about economics, folks, centralizing the economics, implementing the central banking system. This is what Alexander Hamilton was opposed, uh, excuse me, this is what Aaron Burr was opposed to. And I carry his name, Hamilton. I'm not related directly to Anna, Alexander Hamilton, but we do we do root to Gilbert de Hamilton, which in himself supported uh, Robert the Bruce and had an issue with King Edward. Indeed. Okay. So, unfortunately, Hamilton chose this European banking model that was controlled by Rome. Why? Because they had to pay the debt that the Continental Army was in enslaved to, to fight the British, but they were fighting, they're being funded by the same mechanic, the same bank. This is what you're not taught in school. Communism is economics. It is a central banking. So therefore, communism is alive and well and continues to grow and be stronger in the United States. And until you can abolish your Federal Reserve and become independently, financially independent as a country, your country will eventually, that is the United States, will eventually collapse. That is my view. That is my research. And that is the goal of these European bankers out of the Vatican. That is the goal. Because they work to dominate the globe and all of societies and humanities and countries and nations globally under the name of their system. Which they force you to adopt to. Just look at the Paraguayan reduction system. Just look at what these people did, the Spanish, the Portuguese, the French, the English. What they did to the natives of these continents. Understand your enemy, folks. Because it's not D.C. It's not America. 
It's across the pond, if you will. Your enemy isn't a Republican. Your enemy isn't a Democrat. But that's the way they want you to think because they want you to be divided. Because divided you fall. Think about it. Do research. The more you do, the more research you do, the more it makes sense. And I've been doing it now because the Zika virus set me off in 2016. And I haven't relinquished. I haven't stopped. Because I knew, I knew at that moment, I knew there was something going on and I had to follow the money. And that's where I went today. So hopefully these words resonate with you and you share the episode, you buy the book. And you support James and any other person out there that has fallen, been fallen victim to. And I'm just going to call it. He's a political prisoner. He, became a polit- he was a political, political prisoner for those six days. There is absolutely no reason any other human being should force another human being to wear a mask and cover their mouth. And furthermore, to receive an injection of synthetic ingredients that are unproven. Regardless, no human being should be forced to be injected with anything. That should be a a voluntary decision. A decision that Every individual as a human being, as a creation, therefore, of God, if you will, to make that decision on their own. And if they're too young, if they're in their infancy, well, that decision would be made by their parents. That's right. I guess uh, lie on that. So anyway, so Ian Tarache, Discuss the Truth, James Tyre. Uh, I'm going to, uh, anyway, I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, IanTarache.com, buy the book pass this uh, episode on. And until next time, folks, thanks for listening and be awesome.